On this week's episode of the Into Geek Podcast, we're learning something new. This time around, Rod Kirby, local film director and screenwriter, is taking us to school. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. What's up, fellow geeks? Welcome back to the Into Geek Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew, joined by Chase. Hello. Joined by Allison. <laughs> and special guest today, I'd like to introduce Rod Kirby, a local screenwriter, producer, and entrepreneur. His uh, notable films include Sodom, Love in Dark Places, Love Like This, Joy. Uh, Rod's latest film, The Prayer, releases in December, the screenplay of which was a second-round pick in ScreenCraft's film round competition. Um, I'm sorry, a film fun competition. And a semifinalist in the Filmatic Short Screenplay Awards. Hello. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Rod. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Thanks for joining us today. Yes. Thanks Thank for, uh, you for your your very busy schedule. <laughs> to, to, to Show come pity in. and come yeah. on here. We really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, very excited. I, I feel like before we get into your life and your career, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some notable nerd news that happened. So you'll get to be a part of that uh, today. Cool. The right. first of which uh, is that Marvel announced that WandaVision is finally coming out uh, after it was pushed back three times. Finally. Uh, it, it'll be in January 15th, which means that uh, 2020 is the first time in 10 years that Marvel hasn't had a project. Uh, is that a big deal or is that or is it like kind of like a good thing, actually? I mean, it's kind of, a, I guess, a big deal just for the point of like nothing's come out, though. Like, I mean, all we got was like birds of prey. And yeah. That was about <laughs> it. So when it comes to the superhero. And the Mandalorian, I guess, also is kind yeah, of I mean, big. Yeah. yeah. And the boys, which you also I, haven't I, seen. I, I, I'm four episodes in Whoa. now. Four episodes in. News alert. <laughs> yes. He now knows who uh, the Stormfront is. Yes, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> Got a nice haircut. But you know, um, it's it's not a big deal to Disney. They still make, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's true. So they don't care. But you know what? After like Endgame came out, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Endgame came out. I was I kind of wanted like a break, anyways. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but then Spider Man came right after it. Though. Yeah, yeah. But it was like like, like after after all of that, we needed like a breather to then kind of want things back again. So it's kind of like a good thing, I think, that like nothing came out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're still wondering what direction they're gonna go. Like, yeah, I mean. I feel like anything that came out, I mean, Spider-Man uh, was great, but anything compared to Endgame is yeah. meh. You know, Endgame was so great. I mean, he did a good job because <laughs> Mysterio is kind of like a jokey character and he was done really well. I mean, yeah. like like I liked uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. He was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was great. I, don't, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't read the comics. The whole glasses so. thing that was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of cool. I don't know. I did see, uh, like, we were talking about how Disney makes money. Like, I think it's been now like one year since Disney Plus came out. They have like 178 million subscribers. Okay, but are, are those real subscribers or just ones that got the like? They're like uh, votes Hulu. in the election, so we don't know. <laughs> it's like the like uh, Hulu um, ESPN Plus bundle or something. Also. I have no clue how it just says 178 Disney Plus subscribers because mine came with Verizon for free, and, and, and like I don't know if it's about to like oh, that, be, be canceled or not. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, do you have any expectations for the show itself, Rod? Or are you, I mean, like, is there anything that like you would like it to be more like? Uh, are we talking about your show? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if, you, if you have any ideas, please let me know. Uh, for 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 uh, one division. Uh, you know, when I saw the trailer, it looked pretty interesting, and uh, I think my, my only expectation is really. Is kind of what they what an executive said, a Disney executive said, which was it's more like a feature film spaced out as a series, which to me sounds like they have a big budget and they're not going to skimp on effects. And yeah, you know, I, I wanted to see kind of 
I want to see it carry carry that torch from Endgame kind of on through a series, through episodically. You know, to me, like it almost had like a Twilight Zone feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, which in the comics at one point, which which I, I don't think that they're going to do, but like the beginning of like House of M, um, Scarlet Witch goes nuts mm-hmm. and she kills every like mutant. Uh, so maybe this is her also kind of going nuts and, and, and she's like bringing back vision and stuff and she's warping reality. So maybe this is the next evolution, like in her power yeah, set. Like there's rumors that it's going to be like the opposite of house of M. Maybe okay. it's like, instead of oh, killing all the mutants, she'll somehow bring all, all the mutants. mutants yeah. But who knows? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, but it, it looks, it looks fun. I, don't, I mean, I mean, like it looks it, like a sitcom. <laughs> it does a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for it. It, it, it looks like it's a good a good new breath of like fresh air yeah. compared to the uh, the normal like action pack style of like like a downtrodden just Marvel stuff over and over again. This looks like a new creative like way. It looks more exciting than like I, uh, to me at least than like Daredevil and Iron Fist and them kind of were on Netflix. Anything looks more more better, looks better than <laughs> Iron Fist. But I'm saying like I don't, I don't know. It's just like it's fitting in the universe. It's probably going to set the tone of all their TV shows. Yeah. So. So maybe Loki will also have like like a more fun approach. That I mean, like the, the I feel action. like we're five years away from Loki. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. They've already that, announced though. season two though. Somehow season one hasn't come out. They ain't it's got not season even, two. It's not even supposed to come out in 2021. Know, it, it's, so. it's crazy. Uh, Keeping with the Marvel theme, uh, we just got the cast drop for Spider Man Three, which included Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Ryan Reynolds. Which sounds awesome, but to me, this might be how they're bringing in mutants. Uh, because Doctor Strange is supposed to also be in this film, I'm thinking that maybe he does some magic stuff and it accidentally brings in these other characters from like other worlds. And that's how Deadpool actually comes in. So, I mean, it's like we'll have a Wolverine from not our reality. We'll have a Deadpool from not yeah. our reality. I could see they could, that how you bring Deadpool in. Yeah, yeah. So it's still the same. Like, but they're going to have a new Wolverine, a new. Like people like yeah, that. Yeah. But like you could bring actually Ronald Reynolds in. Yes. So yes. you can continue his movies because he's the moneymaker. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. uh, is there any uh, characters that you would like to get added? Or like, are you cool with the current like Pantheon? You know, I'm cool with, with everyone now. Uh, I just really want the X-Men. It's like, come on, just bring me the X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do them justice. Who would you cast as like Wolverine? Because um, the uh, current, current uh, rumors are that Carl Urban might be might be him and he can maybe do it i mean like you know he has that like no i mean i mean he's already kind of old he's a a gruff you know he is yeah 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 yeah. i mean like i think for years folks wanted uh tom hardy to do it because he's like five foot nine or something or whatever but like he he's done so many characters already it's hard for him to do like something else and i'm not sure venom is going to be part of the marvel universe or not so he might already be in it yeah i don't know uh, so like, are y'all fun, uh, fans of the casting of adding back the other Spider-Man as well? Oh yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun if they do it right. And, I mean, like you're wearing the shirt. I mean, like yeah. can you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, think fun. I think they're they're. Um, I'm not going to say they're copying, but they are definitely leading the same direction that DC's doing with their uh, their next Batman stuff. Oh, for yeah. the 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 yeah, Flash or whatever and everything. Yeah, Flash movie, yeah. Yeah. I always thought like Marvel was trying to like we're going to get it out first. We're going to do the multi <laughs> like just a Quick stick silver. it to DC because yeah. that's like <laughs> DC does a whole bunch of multi earth like stuff. It's a big part of their storyline. We have different Flashes and stuff like that, different Superman. Marvel like they don't do it as much and I think they're like we're going to do it first just to piss off DC. <laughs> and, like I mean, um, all their stories revolve around like multi earth. Did you see uh, Into the Spider Verse? 
Uh, yeah, loved it. It was amazing. I mean, like, I, I think it's my like number two favorite of all time, probably whatever. So I'm, I'm wondering if it'll be like in that same vein where where all the other guys are like you know, brought in kind of like that or whatever, and if they'll actually bring in Miles Morales, like like that would be that would awesome. Be awesome. Uh, and in fact, like for the last year. I've said I would like the guy who voiced Miles Morales to be the, the actual actor. Um, Shamik Moore, I, I think is his name. He was in uh, Dope, and he's amazing in that. So I, I like, like he has a very youthful like like energy to him. Yeah. It was like that, or I wanted him to play like Johnny Storm, maybe or something. But like I, I think that he's like super talented and would be awesome in that role. So hopefully he'll come in. And also that uh, they've already established that that like Donald Glover is the uh, Prowler. So, so that could be something also in everything, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I like that Marvel does that. They, they toss them like, you know, like eggs here and there yeah. for you and stuff. So, it's kind of fun. Um, so, the PS5 and the Xbox One dropped this week. Mm-hmm. Did, did it? You, do you know anybody who owned <laughs> one? Know, right. I'm not sure if it no, did. Do you know anyone? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get one myself. Yeah. Um, Thanks to the show. If you'd like to donate a <laughs> PS5 or Xbox One, we'd really appreciate we, it. We, 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 we'd gladly play it for you. Um, did you try to get in on all the madness? And would you rather have a PS5 or a Xbox One? Uh, first of all, um, Xbox is not allowed to be mentioned in my household. So <laughs> yes. That's how I feel. Away. And uh, no, I did not try to get one because I knew it was going to be impossible. So I'm just going to wait till spring next year. See what happens. Like, like 2023. <laughs> try, try and get one then. Man, so I, I, I waited up uh, Thursday night for it. And I had a chance, but I didn't I didn't you know take my shot. Uh, GameStop had the the like PS5 bundles and but it was like 750 and I was like that's a lot and then an hour later I, I talked myself into it being like you know what it's not it's not that much <laughs> and then uh, by the time I thought I'd gone back it was gone and everything and mm-hmm. then yesterday I was on Best Buy randomly and they had like one that was opened and uh-huh. my phone wouldn't wouldn't like do it or whatever so like I, I, I couldn't get that either so it just one that was open the employees opened it <laughs> I, th- I think it was one that was like returned maybe or something or whatever but like now i was like i was like cool whatever it was Who like the hell had time to take the ps5 <laughs> yeah. home <laughs> try open it, it yeah. play it and then bring it back they're like you know what i don't want like, I feel like that's thing. like your doppelganger because you would be, do that you'd be like you oh know my what? god i actually want an xbox i'm taking this back <laughs> he did that with the ps six years ago i, f- I felt terrible my my wife waited in line at gamestop for like four or five hours or whatever it got me a ps4 right it was walmart for six hours. Yeah, no, no, it, it was, was two wa- it separate Walmart. Yeah, it was Walmart. Oh. Yeah, it, right. Uh, she got it home, and then, and then all my friends bought a damn Xbox instead, except so, for us. But yeah, okay. except for us. So I, I went and traded it in, and she almost killed me. And then all of them traded in their Xbox for a damn PS4 afterwards. So then I went and traded it in again, and she has never let me live it down ever since. Oh, Awful. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know how she's helping you get a PS5. I would not have yeah. followed her. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, so let's, she's the best of us, though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she's a better person than all of us. So we're gonna get into uh, your your career, man. Um, from when when we were kids, you were more into the hand drawn art style of like comic books mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point did you transition from doing hand drawn stuff to more film direction? Uh, you know what? I actually I, I still doodle. I still draw. Do you okay? Um, I just don't just don't do it as much. Uh, you know, when I went to actually went to art school for a little bit and um, got into charcoal and other you know kind of. Uh, other mediums and stuff like that. I still do that stuff. I just don't do it as much, but 
I think my real transition kind of happened around 2011. I was actually, okay, here's a shocker. I was a flight attendant for like really. I was. And How did that happen? <laughs> I was tired of retail. I was like, you know what? You're like, you know what? Working on Black Friday. I'm sick of this. I'd rather work in the skies. Yeah, and I'd rather have people yelling at me in the sky instead. <laughs> it's like it's even worse actually because you can't go anywhere in, in the plane. People oh yeah. But, um, I worked um, at the time. I was doing digital media and I was doing like website design and graphic design and stuff. Okay. And the company um, I had a friend who owns a marketing company who worked for our airline. And they said, hey, I'm going to bring a project to you. If they ask you to do it, just say yes. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And they actually had a project. It was a communications project where they wanted someone, uh, me and a uh, communications lady they hired, to go around and do interviews and make YouTube videos for their YouTube channel. Cool. And I'd never done video stuff ever in my life. So I'm self-taught video person. And I learned by doing, right? And uh, it was it was a great experience, and I was like, man, this is really awesome. I get to tell these stories, and of course, get to fly and, and you know do all this cool stuff. And it only la- it lasted for a while too. They actually lasted for like six months. Okay. And then it was like, you know what? Okay, you're done with that. Come on back and come to work. <laughs> come back and, and do your regular job. But uh, from that day forward, though, I, I was doing um, you know music videos. I was doing little promo videos for businesses, and I just kept learning and growing, and you know reading books and watching YouTube videos, figure out stuff, and and I decided, you know, this is what I want to do. Yeah. That's really cool. How hard was the transition from, from doing something that, that you knew brought in money to mm-hmm. then just going for it and doing something that, that most people, you know, would look at more like as like a hobby or, mm-hmm. um, or like a pipe dream or something? Well, I would tell you, sir, that 2015 was like the hardest year of my life. Okay. I was working at Best Buy and I was a, uh, I was a Samsung rep. So after I was flying... Uh, the company went bankrupt and they gave us a choice of either moving to uh, or working out of Detroit or New York or Minneapolis, or we can just leave. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm gone because the the headquarters was actually in Memphis. So it's super easy to go to work. But after that, you have to commute and it's just terrible. So I left the company and I went to Best Buy as a Samsung rep. And I absolutely hated that job. (laughs) Not because the, the job itself was fine. I just hated being back in retail gotcha yeah yeah. Uh you know i want to be creative and i was like you know what screw this peace out guys and i quit the day before black friday (laughs) 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 hilarious (laughs) (laughs) isn't that just thanksgiving yeah no doubt right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you quit the day before black friday that's thanksgiving like you're like yeah i'm not doing it i'm I'm gonna eat this turkey (laughs) That is like, the dream for every person who has ever worked retail to quit the day before Black yeah. Friday. Oh my Grab God. the phone and, and just like start talking over the like DA system. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and so I went from having you know secure money, and I was like, I want to do something creative. So I I worked uh, approximately like three jobs in 2015. I worked I worked as a graphic designer for like ten dollars an hour. I worked at uh, the Redbirds doing uh, camera work for them. Okay part-time basis just for the season and then i also worked for a uh it was a uh a photo manipulation print shop where they were doing um i was just doing photoshop work for them gotcha so yeah for like a year and then i finally got a um a job at goodwill and goodwill was they wanted me to do uh basically everything i've been doing digital marketing plus video production i was like yes finally something creative i can do <laughs> And then that led to a full-time job at um, 
uh, plumbing company where I'm doing video production and photo photography for them. So, um, and I do all the film stuff too. So I get to do my corporate video stuff. I get to do my film stuff and I use all the tools and, you know, it's been great. So it was definitely a challenge, but it was totally doable because I was on the right Right track. What's crazy is that, like, if you just the average person who just does like a Photoshop, I mean, like, there's a lot of money uh, in that now. So, I mean, like, you could have stopped there probably and not and not kept going. But I mean, like, th that wasn't your you know dream and hope and you know, at, at that time, whatever. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's just I, I guess sometimes you know you just got to you know, uh, bet luck on yourself, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's take, it, it, it's take scary. That chance, put, your, put your toe in the water, you know, it can't be scared. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that I've, I've been waffling with that, like, the last couple of years or whatever, is that, like, you know, I'm like you, I, I'm tired of doing what I'm, I'm doing right now, where I make all the money that, that, that I need and stuff, you know, and, like, and like I have a house and a nice car and everything else, whatever, but it's, like, I don't feel fulfilled, uh, yeah. and so, and then it's, like, does my age play a factor in that, you know, is this, like, a midlife crisis, is that, is that what's <laughs> happening right now, you know, it's, like, so, I'm, 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 I'm so, like, I, I, I've always had that, that itch to be more, like, creative, and uh, I think that we've, we've always been like that, uh, and so, you know, I just, you know, I, I guess, yeah, you just gotta, like, you know, just, at some point, you know, just, like, and try it out and everything. You, you have to, and, you know, you, you will never be fulfilled working, uh, a, a typical nine to five, you know, uh, unless, unless that's just your soul's passion and it's what you really love doing. But for most people, especially, you know, you and me, Chase and Allison and everyone else behind there, um, you know, it's, it's something in you that, that touches every talent, every gift that God gave you that you, that you really have to put your hands on. And in order to do that, you might have to take a chance and, and, you know, swing for the, for the fences on it. And it's like not only that, but I think a lot of people are afraid that they're going to fail. But like failure is a part of life, you know. Like you know, there's so many times. I mean, like I don't care how prepared you think that you are doing your your, your first project, it's not yeah. going to be good. And and you have to learn from that as you go along. I mean, I'm sure that that like you know you like now looking back five years later, there's projects that 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 now if you tackled would be like a thousand times better probably or whatever. Oh, yeah. And and at some point in, in a year, our show hopefully is better. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> it's not what it is now. But you know, at some point, you know, it'll get you know we're like you know we're trying you know uh, you know to go. So I, I think that, that that like failure is just a part of the game. You know, I mean like like mm -hmm. you, know, you have to fail to like to uh, to understand what being like more like you know, successful in life is. And when you don't take that swing, when you don't step out there on faith, you're already failing. So what do you got to lose? To Fair enough. Uh, so you also got into, um, I can't talk, uh, <laughs> photography. Uh, mm -hmm. I went to like one of your art shows, I think like two years ago or so. And we, we bought a picture um, of your stay from, from like Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And it's the only piece of art that we hang up everywhere <laughs> that we go. And so much so that, that my wife is going on a, a a French trip to to Puerto Rico, and they they, they want to take a picture at the same wall. Mm -hmm. uh, and she wanted me to ask you if there's any fun spots or very like tasty like like you know uh, places to talk. Uh, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> Restaurants and stuff. Uh, Puerto Rico is beautiful, and uh, it's a gorgeous historically. Uh, it's a very historic place, right? So. Um, Every restaurant is good, so I'm not. I'm not going to tell you which one to go to. Each one, are, they're very, very good. You're just not like uh, <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> no Burger King, no McDonald's, okay. no Chick Fil A. But um, you know, they they cook. They actually cook their food over there, which is nice. And um, one thing that you should know, though, is uh, if you go during their museum week, which I think is in the month of 
April or May, uh, you can go to all the museums on the island for free. Oh, cool. cool. That's cool. That's yeah. really neat. So that, that was amazing. We got to see a lot of stuff, learn a lot of things. Yeah. And um, see a lot of things, which is cool. That's uh, that's very exciting because uh, one thing that we do when we travel is hit like like uh, uh, spots for, for for art and everything, whatever. Uh, we went to St. Louis and hit their museum. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, New Orleans and hit, hit like all their spots and stuff and everything, whatever. So I mean, like you know, there's a lot of like character and stuff down there. So that's one thing that that both of us are like very very much like into and stuff. I mean, I mean like 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 other, uh, seeing like you know, historical you know bits and like art and stuff and everything else. Do y'all have any? No, no I'm just oh, thinking just like, like we go like and we're that. just like, we hit this bar and this bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's how me and Allie rolled. We go. No, that's how you roll. And I get dragged along. <laughs> I want to go to the nice cultural places too. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so your wife is also very uh, talented and a, a like, writer and you're like producer at times. Uh, how does she help play a part in you creating like uh, new projects? So my, my wife is a writer. She's written uh, three books. And on each book, I work for her. So I do like editing. <laughs> nice. You know, I do. I help her with uh, the book covers, of course, you know, so I, I do design stuff. Um, but we, we always go back and forth. We've had a lot of projects in mind that we want to work on together. And everything that she has, um, we try to produce a project from it. So a film project. So her late, last um, series that she designed or that she wrote was called Joy. And we tried to do a, um, a series with that. And it's still something that we want to do. And her latest book uh, is called Mrs. Virginia's Trust. And it's, it's definitely got movie written all over it. It's about this lady who, uh, who wins the lottery. And she, before she actually gets to spend any money from the lottery, she actually gets killed by the police. And her, she has to deal with, well, now her family has to deal with the aftermath of that. And also come together because they have a whole bunch of family issues. So. Crazy. It's, it's really yeah. cool, cool project. Um, yeah. But yeah, we work on a lot of stuff together, which is great. It's so weird that, that uh, because I, I literally just saw a story that happened like like a few years ago where this guy won like seventeen million dollars in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved into a, a like a, a like a really nice house. He, he bought like an Altima or something, and then a, a like a watch, and then he ended up missing. And this girl that like he just randomly been been like dating whatever murdered him like and hit his body and stuff whatever and so, but what, what's nuts about it is the the internet actually helped find out what happened and everything, but but it's it's almost in, the, in that vein of like you know he he like won the lottery and he wasn't trying to like go out like and buy like a bunch of stuff or anything he just like bought a new place or whatever that was it and then like so uh, this girl that he was dating like like had like like. Uh, hundred thousand dollars in debt or something and i guess he, he wouldn't give her like the money or something and so she, she ended up like you know, killing him it was, it was crazy um you, you you talked about that at times both y'all have a lot of like projects in mind how do you determine which project to like go for and mm-hmm. which ones to, to to put over here because like you recently i i pitched like 30 ideas to to, to chase and allison about, about like about like, just all types of ideas and mm-hmm. we, we we know that it, we need to just be like more focused but my mind's always going like this. So yeah. how do you just tell yourself to like calm down, like and do like this project and then this one and not try to do like a thousand things at That's once? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so focus is actually my one of my superpowers, first of all. Okay, so I, I have, uh, what I like to do is I like to say no a lot. So that's to myself and that's to other people. So if, if someone asks me, hey, I got a movie idea or I have the script, can you read it? No, sorry. 
I'm sorry. I can't do it right now. I'm working on too many things. I need to stay focused on just these things. Yeah. Even for myself, um, it's all about the about where I want to go and what I want to what I, really where the direction that the project's going to lead. And I try to to focus only on uh, no more than two projects at a time. Okay. So if I'm doing a short film, if we're shooting that, we'll shoot that. And then if I'm writing something, I'll write just only on this one script, and that's it. I'm not working on anything else. I'm not plotting. I'm not doing any anything else. Right. Just working on these two projects, and that's it. Uh, you have to do it. You have to just kind of put yourself in a box and say, this is all I'm going to work on because I'll tell you one thing, I'd rather have something completed than something that I'm dreaming about and, and wishing I had done. You know? Gotcha. Sounds oh, fair. I have a mm-hmm. quick question. Like uh, when you, how do you, do you separate like when you write and direct, like when you're writing something, are you just focused on your story or do you like while you're writing it, thinking of like how you want to shoot this scene or like do, do you do both at the same time or do you like just completely write the story and then kind of reread it and think about direct how you would direct it no it, it's all when i'm writing like for instance i just finished up a uh, a feature film script called love and dark places it's based on a short film that i, I directed and wrote uh several years ago turned into a feature film um with the script i'm focused on just writing that script and i just got it to a third draft which i'm very happy with so now what I'm doing is I'm going in and I'm writing a, up a synopsis, which is the entire story in like two pages from beginning to end. So you can have to condense this 118 page script into two pages. And it's an exercise, right? But it's a good exercise. And while I'm doing this, the next step in that in the evolution of the script is to do a lookbook and a pitch deck. And then with the pitch deck, that's the project and that's the the a document that I'll use to actually say, okay, this is how I want this movie to look. This is how I'm going to direct it. This is the kind of music I'm thinking about having. Here's what I'm thinking about for locations. Get into all the visual stuff in that document. But in this phase, I'm just focused on the writing. That's it. Uh, When doing a draft... uh Uh-oh. One sec. (laughs) He got a gift from Zoom. Yeah, sorry. The uh, button's so far away. I have to ask it all over here. Uh, so with with uh, your drafts or whatever, how do you know when, when to cut something? Because I'm sure that like on your first draft, you, you you're liking everything on, on like like there and everything, and then as you read it, do you give it to other people and then they tell you what to cut, or or do you just over time understand what's fat? Um. So it's it's kind of a so let me back up. Writing is a muscle. Right. So you can actually, as you write, you'll get better at it. Totally. And one thing that's super important when you write is to not write. What I mean by that is taking a break from the writing. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe it's three months, whatever. Fortunately for me, I had, I was, as I was writing this project, I had this short film to actually shoot. So I had time to space out and not think about it. And that helped me tremendously to come back to it with fresh eyes. With those fresh eyes, you know, I was able to see, okay, do I really need this character? Do I really need this plot thread? You know, what's really working? What's not working? Why is the script 155 pages? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's a normal amount? Uh, you want it to be between 90 to 120 pages. Okay. Or, yeah, I think I read somewhere like for every script, like page of a script is like a minute of a movie. Yeah. Okay. So Exactly. So I, my first draft was 155 pages and it's like, Jesus. That's a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I can't well, afford well, this. <laughs> Does that afford it, can't do anything with this. So uh, I had to chop it down, and over the course of a week, I got it down 
inch by inch, you know, to uh, got it down to 118 pages. And now I'm actually getting ready to do a, uh, a table read of that, that script um, where I have actors read it out loud. And so I can hear it. I can actually get an understanding of, of how it sounds coming from them. And, um, and then also I'll be paying for uh, script coverage, which is where a third party company will read your script and they'll give you feedback on the characters, on the plot, on oh, cool. the, the film, everything. They'll, they'll really give me the feedback. So, okay, it's still too fat or this is good, but you things aren't working. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, man, it's gone. Now. Oh yeah. So, uh, about like 10 or 15 years ago, I, I tried my hand at writing like, uh, uh, like, like a short, short stories and novels and everything. And one, I found that I hated everything that I wrote. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that like every writer feels that way. Uh, secondly, every time that I would go back to do rewrites, I would end up just rewriting everything because I would constantly think of new things to, to, to add in and change or whatever. So for instance, uh, this, this book that, uh, that it was this idea that basically this character, um, sold his soul back in the like, 1800s and he ends up being a, uh, this like hellhound. And so, and so his whole thing is, is that, is that he, he would then hunt down other people who had also sold their souls. So the, uh, story basically opened with, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, story basically opened with this, this really brutal murder and, and this cop trying to, to, to understand like, you know, the, 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 the crime scene and everything. Right. So, so it's my first few chapters were up were, were like about this cop and how he had become a drunk and how he had gotten hit by a, a, like a car and stuff. So it was, it was all, 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 it was all this like a backstory and this color about the cops on scene. And then when, when, when like I went back to it, I was like, this feels like a waste because like our story doesn't restart really here. It starts here instead. So then I ended up skipping most of that stuff. And then, and, and then I chopped. So I just, I feel like I was wasting so much effort writing things uh is that just part of the process or or should you have all that stuff pre kind of written in your mind and then start your story there no uh it's i mean it's part of the process but something that can help your process is taking more time to develop your your premise right so yeah. when i started working on, on this uh on this script the first thing i did was write an outline and that was just a short you know bullet point here's what i think should happen in, in the story in the movie and then from the outline, I went to, um, I did a treatment. And okay. In the film world, a treatment is just, it's basically your movie from start to finish with no dialogue. It's all story. And it's, it can be from, it can be five pages short. It can be 15 to 20 pages long. And in Jim Cameron's case, the director Terminator, he writes scriptments, which are hundreds of pages long with, with bits of dialogue in and he takes that and he gives it to someone. They they have to f- figure it out. And make <laughs> yeah. Movie, right. But my treatment really helped me to figure out the structure of the story. And I did all my uh, editing on the page instead of you know writing it and then editing as I go. Oh wow! Okay. So it actually it helps a whole lot because you have everything worked out. You got a blueprint and a map for where you want to go. Yeah. And where the story should go. So I had everything figured out. I went through um, one thing that. Uh, uh, that I learned that's uh, a creative uh, prompt to do when you're writing is to ask what if, and you do this at the very start of your, of your project. So you ask yourself, okay, so what if this guy actually got blown up by a hand grenade and then came back and, and to life and he haunted his family, or what if this guy did this, or what if this happened, or what if a bus hit everybody and killed everybody, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you explore all that stuff at the front end. So you don't have to worry about that stuff on the back end. Okay. Now, you have some things pop in your head as you're writing 
but you don't add that to the script. You actually add that to a separate document, you know, your kind of like your boneyard almost, you know, it's kind of like your, your draft area. And then you see where that could fit or if it should fit at all. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, when you write a script or anything like that, uh, if you know you're going to like try to make this into a movie thing, do you put money involved? Like, you're like, well, I can't have this, you know, scene in because there's no way I can afford, you know, making this or something like that. Like, does that ever come in your mind or you just go ahead and just write the script? It does come to mind, but it, it shouldn't come to mind at first. The first thing on your first draft, you just want to get it out. Get out the full idea. If you got, if you're going to blow up the White House, add that. Take it from from Independence Day. Take the scene. I thought you were like, we're going to shoot in Paris, and then now the rewrite is like, you know, we live close to New Orleans. I think we're going to go in New Orleans. <laughs> Let's go to Savannah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> you, you get all that stuff out on, on the front end, and um, as you go through your different drafts of the of the script, then you can start thinking. Especially if you're going, if you know for sure that you want to shoot it, that you want to produce it. Um, and you're just not writing to write, you know, uh, if you're like a director, producer, then you'll start thinking, okay, maybe I can't blow up the White House as like, as I thought, maybe I should just move it over to, to New Orleans or somewhere else. You know? yeah. <laughs> to Arby's. <laughs> yeah. Arby's. You, you know, the old Velocipaster. We could blow up a BFS White Castle. Yeah. Car on fire. <laughs> like, I'll blow up a White Castle, yeah. not a White House. Um, <laughs> so talking about money, um, you had already done the first like six and a half minutes of the prayer. And the last six minutes is about to be uh, released next month. Now, you you had gotten funding for, for, for the first part of the film, uh, and then you had to do a Kickstarter for the second part. Is that right? Well, so we so I did um, the latest short film is called The Prayer, and I spent $500 on the first six minutes of that. We shot that in February of this year, pre-COVID, and then, and then we raised money on, it's actually a new platform called Seed and Spark. Okay. And what I like about it is uh, Kickstarter, you have to compete with all these gadgets and all these other projects, huge projects that are on Kickstarter. Seed and Spark is really just focused on films, which is great. Cool. Um, so we, we raised money on that. And the last half of the movie is actually, it's a it's the larger half. That's why we, ha we had to raise money was because it's like, probably like 15, 20 minutes long. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be... Um, it's still a short film. It's just a fat short film. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so what was the process like in terms of, of doing the whole like crowdfunding thing? Because like, I, I think all of us have thought about, you know, yeah, I, I just go on Kickstarter and I'll get all my friends to give me like $10 each. This is great or whatever. <laughs> How do you actually put it out there and, yeah. and do like, you know, self like, you know, promotion and everything for it? Well, I, I've done Kickstarter. Uh, I was not successful. You know, Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. So you have yeah. to raise the full budget or you don't get any of the money at all. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I had a project uh, that I tried to I raised a, like six hundred dollars for. Yeah. And my budget was like three thousand. I was uh. like, okay, well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> but what I, what I took from that though, um, which was really good, was I learned that before you actually start your your crowdfunding campaign, you have to start engaging with the audience that's going to give you money. You know, you can't just surprise them. Hey guys, I have I have a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding campaign. Give me money. You know, you really have to kind of massage them, kind of warm them up before they're actually ready. Yeah. And keep them engaged with what you're doing. You know, so what I did was I had a, uh, a pre-campaign that started like a month before my the launch of my actual campaign. And with that, I was just sharing, I was, I was basically just kind of giving them tidbits, just saying, hey, got a new project coming. It's going to be great. Here's some, uh, here's some key artwork that you might like. Not really showing much, but here's an idea of what it could be. 
you know, just kind of really engaging people and uh, sending them messages and saying, hey, um, can I count on you to help me with my crowdfunding campaign? And so once I actually hit the, the go button, the green button on the campaign. You already had things in place. Yeah, everything was in place. It was yeah. a lot easier. And also one thing that I did was I had um, I had a team of people that I that I kind of branded them as social producers. And in exchange for that title, which they will get that on their IMDb page for the, for the movie, they're giving me their time, they're giving me their um, their opinions, and they're also sharing my content with their audiences. So it helps it help, helps it really spread, you know, to a lot, a lot of my a lot of people, which is great. Cool. So I, I've noticed that uh, the same lead actor who is in Love Like This is also in The Prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, do you Brown. do you prefer to use the exact same crew uh, in terms of just because things feel more? familiar or is it maybe like is it is it more cost effective to to bring back the the exact same people actually uh no um he just actually happens to be a really really good actor and he really does shine in this project like he's given it like a one you know uh, performance and i think with most productions i try to have a very uh, varied and um multidisciplinary cast and crew and i try to get as much diversity in there as possible because um, the the prayer I actually have it's probably going to be like ten to fifteen crew members, um, men, when uh, trying to say men, women, you know, white, black, different yeah. nationalities, all that good stuff. But when COVID happened, especially because we were crowdfunding during the peak of COVID around March, yeah, uh, we had to extend our campaign by a whole month to keep to, to allow people to, to give mm-hmm. because things were just crazy. Nobody really knew where it's going, where mm-hmm. things were going. But when when that happened, um, I had to, sh- to kind of chop my crew list down to maybe I cut down like ten. But then when we actually shot, which we shot in October, and we had a total of eight people cast oh, wow, and okay. crew. Oh wow! So it went from fifteen to ten to eight to this to eight, and that was cast and crew. You know, and I was just making deliberate decisions because we didn't have as much money. Like we raised our the money that we needed. Yeah, we a percentage of it, but we could have used a lot more. But Always. because of COVID, you don't want to have too many people in one location. Oh, got yeah, yeah. Right. true, true, true. So yeah, so you uh, brought up a point that um, that like I kind of wanted to uh, touch on. Um, about a month ago, there was a report um, from from like I forget the exact website, but basically the Academy or just Hollywood in general is kind of pushing this this agenda to. Uh, that that directors have to have more diversity. You're talking about the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Oscars in order to be nominated. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. So as a director, would you prefer to just have the people that that you feel comfortable with, or do you agree that maybe your your, your options need to be like like you know like expanded? No, I, I agree that um, more diversity on set in front of the camera and behind the camera is really good. Okay, it's good for everybody because you get different opinions, you get different. Uh, different ways to produce a, a film. You know, the things that I have in mind for a shot may be totally different than, than my DP. And he may have a better way to do it than I have in mind. And I, you can't get that if you're using the same people, you know. Fair enough. So I, I really don't mind, um, you know, diversity 
in front or behind the camera. It's really good for everybody. I think like in the last, like, like I don't want to say like, you know, because of, like, like I talk, I don't want to say like because of Jordan Peele, but he was a pretty big proponent. Um, and I think in terms of just of, of like black voices really, really starting to talk to be like you heard and everything in the last few years with, with, you know, uh, Get Out, Us, and now um, Lovecraft Country and, and just like a whole bunch of just like new projects. uh with like Watchmen, and it, right. it feels as though we're 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 almost hitting this new boon of of black actors, black like uh, uh, voices, writers, directors, really getting more props now. Do you right. feel kind of kind of I don't say like like obligated, but that your your films and your voice have to now have a certain like narrative based on what 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 what. <laughs> I just can't talk, man. Uh, based on what like other people like are currently like you doing, or do you, do you feel that it's just best to just keep doing you? No, um, you know that I think as a, especially as a writer, your voice is really the thing that sells your projects. So if you're following the trend, you're. I mean, you could. Everyone's going to be doing that. There's already a stream of content coming from that same trend. Yes. Right? Yeah. So if you're doing if you're doing you and you're using your voice, which is distinct, has its own experiences, it has its own history, then you're definitely giving the market something brand new to look at. And that's what's most important. I think uh, Kevin Smith said it like a few years ago. He said that when he made Zack and Mary, um, that like he, is, he was basically following the ball and mm -hmm. not and not being where the ball what what, what, what was going to go so that right. like basically like he, he was just doing a Judd Apatow movie exactly yeah much. so 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 he had seen that like Judd Apatow had like three hits with like Knocked Up uh, Forty Year Virgin and then um, he had he had like something else uh, and and so and super so bad or something like yeah that. and so he, he was basically trying to just copy what what was already being done mm -hmm. as opposed to doing that that next thing. And so that that like you know that like he had kind of lost his his like directorial you know style you know for from like you know doing that so I think I think it's easy sometimes that like if you fail like you know after project after project that the funny thing is I actually think that's one of his better really think so it's not bad you know it is I mean I I still think Clerks is his best film but I mean you know chasing chasing Amy yeah so if money wasn't an issue is there like a very like ambitious project that you would like to do yeah actually I have a I have a project that is basically the Christian version of the Marvel Universe okay is it like brand new characters or would you would you be using like apostles and angels and stuff no it's it's all it's kind of in line with what you said. It's, it's all angels, demons. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So actually, um, fun story. I pitched that idea to Anthony Mackey. Oh, really? Oh, okay. really? Fine. <laughs> I said I met him at a um, at you know Tim Tebow, right? Yes. I yes, met him yes. At Tim Tebow's celebrity golf and gala. And this was like 2017, I think. I was here, right? No, it was in uh, it was in Florida. 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 Oh, okay. This guy, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy. Oh, he went to Florida. He lived this guy follows Tim Tebow around every year. <laughs> At the time, I, I, I mean, I was working for a plumbing company. I was doing video production, and they sponsored the event. And funny, really funny story is I they gave me a, a press pass to go take pictures on the red carpet. So I took pictures of the red carpet. But as everyone was going down the red carpet, they were going up a staircase that had two security guards. And this is where the actual party was happening. Okay. So I was like, huh. I really want to get up there, but I don't know how. And so I saw um, I saw one of the Duck Dynasty guys 
and he was walking up there and I walked over by him and I said, Hey man, love your hat, love your shirt and everything. We just started <laughs> talking and we just got to rapping and the next thing I knew, we were upstairs. So nice. Like, yeah. yeah, I've done that. Nice. <laughs> Trojan horsed it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, nobody said anything to me. Yeah, I put my camera to the side so he couldn't really tell that I was a photographer and everything. But um, but I saw Anthony Mackie. He was he had a group of people around him. He was just talking, just being him. Yeah. And uh, I waited like like a fan, <laughs> like a fan. <laughs> I waited behind him uh, to get done. Hey, and he hey, got done. Mr. Mackie. He turned around. And I said, "Hey, Mr. Mackie, you know, can I get a picture with you?" And I got a picture with him. And then um, asked him, say, are you still doing, I know you're you know, doing Marvel stuff and all that, but uh, do you still do independent features and, and stuff like that? Because I've got a great project. It's uh, basically Marvel meets, um, you know, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Angels and Demons and stuff. It's like, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be. Cut the check. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looked at me. He looked at me like this. I said, really? Huh. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, and and I and I got a picture. Bye, Falcon. And, walked off. <laughs> and he walked uh, off. Never talked to me again. <laughs> so there's a game that that we had talked about maybe playing. Um, it's called uh, the Town of Mist or C- C- City of Mist, and the like whole concept is that these these like larger than life characters, whether it's like you know king kong a comic book or whatever it is uh you know like a, a god or whatever they they're trying to get through their their veil into like our world and so they they, they they like almost like imprint themselves on people and then and then that person has like certain traits that could be like a really cool way to basically like like your your apostles and your angels and demons uh, imprint themselves onto people here, and so and so they, it's a way for them to try to like you know uh, start doing their their goals and missions almost in uh, like almost in like and uh, uh, like secrecy almost and stuff. So 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 there's this war going on, but like nobody actually knows about it and stuff. Like 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 in, in the game, it's like um, if a person is Thor. And like a random person watches him fighting, like you know, like goblins or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, 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 like at glance, it, it looks real, but then, but then, like as they run, that their mind becomes like very, like you know, lost and like you know, confused, and, and like what they saw turns into like maybe his phone accidentally exploded, and that's where the, that like bolt of lightning came from or something. So, so, so it, it's so it almost like you know, the the city almost uh, hides everything from people and stuff, whatever. So, like you know. I, I, and that could be almost like a reasonable approach as opposed to like trying to like have very expensive effects and stuff and everything. Right. Um, cool. What is the best and worst thing about being a director? Uh, the best thing is getting to shape the story of a movie, um, having your hands on each part of production. So, and a lot of people don't understand that directors, they're not, you know, gods or, you know, anything super huge are really just project managers. Honestly, you know, they're like the artistic manager on set and their, their job is to ensure that uh, each piece serves the story that they're trying to tell. So that's what a director is. And the best part of of that job is really orchestrating it all and, and getting the story down to where it's amazing, not only in your mind and on page, but actually, you know, what you see on screen. But the worst part of that, is um, it's probably probably depending on everyone else to, to do their jobs. <laughs> yeah, that, Isn't that the worst part of everything? Oh, yeah. though? <laughs> <laughs> Can't 
count I mean, on people. <laughs> the I was going to guess uh, that you were going to say the worst part is like all the, the, the like editing because that's because like you know we'll do this and that's the one thing that as soon as we're done I'm like oh my god I've got like five hours of editing that I have to go and do so I can only imagine how much editing goes into just like one scene of, of, of having like you know cut cut back and forth and have the sound line up and do this and 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 have like you know the 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 like, you know screen look a certain way like I'm making sure that that like you know every shot it was done right I mean like mine is literally just me adding in clips of things and pictures and things and that still takes a lot of time so I can only imagine man no I mean ed- editing to me is the fun part what Honestly, once you get off the set and you're um you're still in that creative mode you're still creating it's just a different aspect of that creation you actually get to form the movie yeah and and the experience that people will have when they watch it. So to me, that's the fun part. But when you're on set and you have a lot of people that have different specific jobs, I mean, it's great that you have all this collaboration, but sometimes a lot of them don't do the job they're supposed to be doing, or they don't know exactly how to do their, their job, or they don't know uh, how to mess, best make um, your job easier. Yeah. Have you ever had to, after doing a certain amount of takes, just think, man, like that actor just doesn't have it and they and have to like recast them or anything or like are you eventually able to get everything out of everybody no you know i think um i've never first of all i've never had to recast anybody which is good uh and that's part of the that's part of the job is knowing who's right for the part and you do that through auditions and you do that through talking with people and walking them through a scene to see okay i think you could work for this this character um but, but what your job is on set other than managing the, the different aspects of the creative of the, of the project is probably 80% of that of your job is going to be working with the actors and allowing them the freedom to create the character that, that you want them to create, but also giving them notes and helping them to deliver, deliver their best performance. Have you ever had a, uh, like an actor add something new that, that you'd even know what was there and like it made yes. something better? Yes. So at the, the end of the first part of the prayer, uh, Delvin Brown, who plays David, our our main protagonist, at the very end, he's supposed to see his family being lifted up in, into heaven or into the sky, going to heaven. And originally, he was just supposed to say, uh, he's just really just supposed to play, oh, oh my God, oh no. Right? But, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but he ends up giving this passionate, like, no, no, no. It's yeah. Like, oh, God, okay, that came from somewhere deep inside his soul and it was it was amazing yeah i'll say that uh I, like i watched it last night and my wife was doing something else and after like a minute of her like not really paying attention it like slowly drew her in and and, and then when when it was over she, she was just like i mean what happens next and i don't understand <laughs> and i was just like i was like i don't know either <laughs> you have to wait you know yeah so i mean like it, his performance is, is definitely powerful and, and it's very like you know and, and what's crazy is that like uh he seemed like a guy that was trying to do right by his family still and and but but you know he still wasn't chosen and it's just like oh that's sad you know like you know he was trying man you know um Finally, do you have any advice for anybody who is who is up and coming, or um, is there any advice that you would give to yourself if you you could go back like in six years? Hmm. Uh, yes. So I, I have to kind of break it up a little bit. So if you're an aspiring screenwriter, um, please don't just start writing your story. Take the time to really develop the idea. 
uh, you know, develop the idea, give yourself enough time to really uh, bring your biggest ideas and watch them all fall, <laughs> you know, on the page anywhere they go and pick up the pieces and see what works best and which, which ones don't work at all. You know, you need that time as a writer to really explore the full idea. Because if you don't, if you start writing, if you just jump into a story and you're starting to write and you're so, oh my, man, this is going to be good. And he kidnaps he the president and he blows up the White House and this happens. You know, what's going to happen is you, you get to a point where you can't, the story can't go anywhere. You know, there's no, there's no change in character. There's no change in, uh, there's no, there's a way that it can end, sure. But there's, there may not be a place where it can really um, bring the full impact of that story. You know, so give yourself time to really write down your ideas, explore them, explore them fully, ask yourself, what if, you know, as a great exercise, what if this happens? What if that happens? And see where it takes you, you know, and then you can go back and shape the story into what it needs to be. If you're an aspiring director, when you're working with actors, don't direct your actors too much, right? You can, you can, it's really easy to say, okay, uh, try this when you're mad or try this when you're happier or try this gives give us a little bit more of the empathy you know people don't really work that like that they're not buttons so you can't just push them and make them do what you want to do you really have to give them the freedom to explore their characters themselves with a little input from you and a little bit of direction but not too much you know you want to give them as much space as possible to give you the performance that you need and the performance that really bring the project to life uh, you brought up um, coming like 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 I can't I can't think of the words that like I'm trying to say here uh, that you were trying to be more more creative in terms of screenwriting so that you don't get like you know trapped or anything. Um, I, I just finished um, like Shit's Creek and Eugene Levy uh, talked about that when they were writing the uh, the the character in the scripts and stuff. Him and his son and his son was a huge fan of Christopher Guest, and and so one of the great things about 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 his movies is his characters feel very very real, mm-hmm. and so his son was like, "Hey, why don't we also do that here?" And they they started writing their characters, and after like two days, his son was like, "All right, so let's let's like you move on to something else." And his dad's like, "No, no, 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 we're we're gonna do this right." And it, right. And, and so instead they took like a week or two weeks writing out every character in terms of like situations where they came from so that when they went to then like, you know, writing the actual scripts, it felt more natural and right. they, they then knew how to put characters and, and lines and stuff. And then, so, so, so you see, he said that, that, that it went so far that like, you know, him knowing that that his character was what was into art because of these reasonings and stuff and, and this and, and, and then into this and into this that like it helped out you know just just like tremendously so I, I can only imagine like you know the the more effort you know everything you know I'm sure like is it's just huge yeah and it, and it, it really um, as a writer you'll be so excited about the idea that you had that that initial idea that popped in your head you'd be so excited about that you'd be you'll want to go ahead and write scenes and stuff like that and dialogue but it really, if you take the time to really explore your characters, get into the psychology of, of your characters and the mind of your characters, uh, you'll be surprised where they even take you as a writer, right? Because you'll you'll say, okay, uh, this person, I want them to carry this gun. They're going to go in this cafeteria. They're going to shoot up this cafeteria because the person that hate they hate is in there and they slip their wife. But what if that character, instead of going in there and shooting everyone, what if they go and they stand outside, they look in the window, they see the person that did them wrong. Instead of shooting that person, they shoot themselves. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, that's dark as hell, but that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. 
You know, <laughs> I feel like crying after writing that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 like, I know that when I was writing, like, getting authentic dialogue is really tough um, because in your mind it can sound right, but then as it's read aloud or spoken, yeah. it can sound very, you know, robotic and fake. Hello, how, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Great. It's, great. Great. <laughs> so, like, how do you find a balance of giving proper exposition, but not in a way? that things sound very like, like fake and like, you know, just drone on about things. Yeah. You really, when it comes to exposition, I mean, here's the thing, exposition, you have to give it. People need to know what's going on. They need to know backstory. They need to know, uh, history, all that good stuff to understand the story. And you have to give it in some way. So the best way to do it is really give them something visual that they can see and connect to because you can have a, uh, someone expounding exposition, but if you can give them something to look at while they're doing it, that yeah. makes it a bit more easier to digest. Have you seen the um, uh, Nice Guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, okay, so like Shane Black wrote that. And I, I think he's very good at, at like writing like really good like exposition because he mm -hmm. does it in a way where it feels natural. Like, you know, he'll give you bits and pieces here and there. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like like a dump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, like uh, Brian Gosselin's character he's is really great in that. And, and and you get bits and pieces of him as it goes along, so so it feels more like you know, natural and real. I mean, I, I think that that's like it, it, is that like a normal talent, or is that something that a person can actually like just like learn over time, or or, or, or like you know, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. It, it, fair enough. It connects to the overall writing, um, you know, skill, and something as you continue to write, you'll get better. You start recognizing that, especially if. If you are wise and you have other people read your stuff and give you real feedback, and then just you know telling you how great that is so hard is. to do. I, I, I try to get feedback on the show all the time, and nobody cares. I'll get all the likes in the world, but like nobody can just stop and be like, "Hey, man, your show sucks." Like, okay, cool. You know what? Well, why does it suck? But I need to know. Uh, so I give you feedback all the time. <laughs> that's just on life things, though. <laughs> Uh, before we get into rapid fire, do you all have any like final questions? Uh, just one quick question. Uh, do you ever like hear like people talking or like you have a conversation and it kind of hits you like, I want to write this down kind of like use it later. Do you do that? Or like, do I steal people's ideas? Oh, no, no, not just people's <laughs> ideas, but like, do you use conversations like you have with like a friend of yours oh, yeah. and you kind of sit there and you're laughing. You're like, you know, that's actually really funny. I'm going to use this. And like, do you just write it down or you just try to remember it or. Uh, yeah, I, so I use, um, of course, I use all the apps all the cool kids use. So I use the uh, uh, TikTok. <laughs> I use uh, Evernote and I use, uh, of course, Google Docs. And um, I use a, an app uh, called Ulysses, it's a writing app. And so whenever um, out and about, if I'm hanging out with people and someone says uh, something super funny or super interesting, or especially people will, will you know, tell me like they're backstories where I had this happen to me as a kid. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Really sad, but really interesting <laughs> right now. You know, I'll, I'll do that. And um, you'll be surprised, you know, if you're sleeping and an idea would just pop in your head at midnight. Yeah. You know, it's really handy to have those apps on your phone so you can just write stuff I just down. use Notepad. I'm just like, yeah, cool, Notepad. <laughs> <laughs> like I found a uh, this coat. Uh, that, that, and it had like a little, uh, a little like book in it, and I went through. I was like, "Oh man, look at all these, all these terrible notes I used to have in here." Chase has like composition notebooks all over the house. Yeah, well, I mean, like, so at some point, you, you were trying to like 
write screenplays, weren't you? I mean, I just had ideas and stuff. And I mean, that's why, like, I knew when he was like, you do an outline first and stuff like that. Yeah. I've read and stuff. But uh, I just I hadn't done it. Yeah. Uh, um, like Quentin Tarantino, he'll do that. He'll, like, take his friends' quotes and stuff, and then he'll toss them. Like, half of George Clooney's lines from. From Dust Till Dawn, it, it just hit his friends. I want, I'm curious whose friends were that kind of <laughs> right? stuff. All right, so let's move into rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions in a row, man. You know, you just give them to me, okay? I'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh, favorite director? Uh, favorite director would be Ava DuVernay. What's something that uh, they've done? Uh, Ava is, first of all, as far as comics goes, she's on DC's uh, Eternals. She's doing that. Oh, okay. That's upcoming, um, and all of her stuff is amazing. Uh, the last thing that's all that she did was um, okay. Well, it's not not all amazing. The um, the Wrinkle in Time was the last huge project she did, but it wasn't you know big box office thing. But she made history as the first uh, African American female director to helm a, fi- a feature film with a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, oh, cool! Budget, yeah, which was amazing. But she's just an inspiration of mine. I, just, I love her. I love her all the work. Um, are you into like, um, uh, the horror movies at all? Absolutely. You, you know I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know if you know, you've know you changed over the years. I don't know. But uh, I just watched one on Netflix called His House. Did, mm-hmm. did, did you watch that yet? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's uh, I, I forget the guy's name. It's like Remy Meek or something like that. And it's his first full feature film. And... We talked about during October. I watched a movie called Razorback, and I, I enjoyed it because it felt authentic to like Australia. Uh, this this is a story about these these immigrants from I forget what part of like Africa, but they end up in England and they have to like prove their worth towards the country, and so they, they get put like in this house. And the house seems to be haunted, and you find out that it, it, it's by a creature called a like a peth which is like a witch doctor and and, it's, and so like so you you get all this like really cool like lore from something that I like never heard about and and it's it's more interesting than like a scary movie it's got very good acting amazing visuals uh super creepy um and and it has a really cool uh, I'm gonna say like twist ending, but but the ending's very like satisfying. So uh, if you have time, it's maybe like 90 minutes. It's it's, it's very good. It's awesome. Uh, do you prefer Marvel or DC? I prefer Marvel. Always been a Marvel fan. As a matter of fact, I have. Let's see. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually own those in the like individual comics. Yeah, love uh, love Marvel. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy DC too, but um, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Some of it's okay. Yeah. Some of it's terrible. <laughs> hey, 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 Iron Fist! I don't want to hear you over there. Okay? In comics, it's good. In comics, it's, it's <laughs> okay. good. Okay? The show is terrible. Uh, do you have like a favorite writer? Uh, actually, my favorite writer is is in D- he's with DC. It's uh, Tom King. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you should have said yourself. Your I was gonna, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny. Failure. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, he was, uh, so like like your perfect movie world. If like you could live in like a movie world, what would it As be? As yourself. As yourself, though. You can't be anything special. Or, or, uh, or, or like more special. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would be, funny, 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 Blade. No, 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 no. no, no. So, so you're just a guy 
in Blade. In the world of Blade. I would be okay, familiar. gotcha. All right. So you just want to I'll live with vampires around vampires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would be familiar. I would be one of those dudes, you know, hanging around them, getting their blood. You getting know. beat up by uh, by, by Snipes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's damn familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite game of all time? Uh, favorite game is probably uh, Last of Us. Really? Okay. So I wanted to play it. I, I've heard that it has like a super good story, um, but I, I, I just never taken the plunge. Uh, I started it and I just didn't, I got distracted by something else and I've been meaning to go back and play it again. Yeah. I, it started off really good. I actually just uh, finished uh, Detroit Being Human. Okay. And that was, I, I was awful at it. So it, it's, it, it's one of those games where it's all about like button prompts. So, so it's a very like linear, very compelling story, and it's like there's uh, three main characters. One of them is a maid who uh, who stops a dad from hitting the, the kid. The second one is a robot who helps the like the the, the, the uprising, uh, and the third is a cop. And I was fine as the maid and the uh, uh, prophet. I was the worst cop ever. Like like I I, I don't care what I tried. I, I chose poorly. Can I just every say time. something real quick? You were the worst at rapid fire questions. Okay, you were the worst. It's like your third time. You just like stopped and told a story. It's like it's rapid fire questions. I know. That I'm sorry. taking so long. Yeah, this is the uh, one pop fire. This was yeah. what this is. Uh, anyways, before I was interrupted, uh, yeah. So I, I was I was so terrible as the cop that my partner ends up killing himself, which 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 then then uh, it, it, it like shows you the like world stats, and only two percent of the of all the players actually got that. That's how bad I was. It was terrible. Um, what's your favorite hero? Favorite hero, Batman. Batman, really? So so you, you like Marvel? I love Marvel movies. I love Marvel comics, but when it comes to DC, I'm all Batman. Uh, who's your favorite author of all time? You asked that. Favorite right? author, uh, Stephen King. Right? Uh, yeah. Is that writer or something? I thought. I don't know. I said favorite director. I don't know. Now who's running rapid fire? Now who's doing it? Huh? <laughs> she did. She interrupted first. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite book for uh, King? Favorite book for what? For um, Stephen King. Oh, um, I love the um, the stand. Okay. Which is Freaking yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you excited for the like new film? I am. You know the the miniseries, the nineteen ninety miniseries. <laughs> it's a little cheesy, yeah. but you know, yeah. Yeah, it was good though. It was still. It's all kind of like Stephen King cheesiness all wrapped it up is. in one sandwich. You know, they actually just bought um like the book the um Institute. Which mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure how how old it is, but it's got that that like kids have like psychic powers and stuff. Or so, like. For his stories, those are the ones that like I'm always like more like about is the ones where, where people have like like powers and stuff like the shining and everything. Uh, and then finally, uh, what is your favorite moment so far in your career? Uh, favorite moment thus far um, would honestly just be being able to finish this uh, feature film because I've, I've been working on it for like two years now, and um, goes back to you know take, taking the time to really develop the story and really get the ideas down. And uh, it's been a long journey, and finally, it's it's pretty much done. So, super excited about where it's going, and looking forward to hopefully getting some money to, to make it next. Right? Time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, shocked that it's not being on this podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was moment yeah. in your career. such a backhanded compliment. To <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not this terrible podcast you're on right now. No, no, no. no. I'm, t- I'm joking. I'm joking. It's really impressive. Like I'm. 
really interested in the story. I would, I'm excited to see where you take it. And I, I, are you talking about us? Totally. Yeah. You know, like, like the podcast is going, man. We're, we're like really going places. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no confidence even in this room, Rod. It's, <laughs> uh, are you gonna mean? I'm, okay, I'm okay, great. Being mean. Great. That's fine. <laughs> this is why they keep me in the corner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't earned her chair yet. <laughs> thank you so much for for coming, like, and talking yes, to thank us. You. Um, I don't know how much fun you know th- th- this was for you, but like, you know, it was fun uh, for I me. I found it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you need anybody else to read your uh, script? You know, uh, let us know, and we'll uh, you know help you out. I don't know that that you were asking for help and stuff about that. So yeah, yeah. If something happens, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like you know, I have a voice. It's it's not good, and it talks really fast, but and a lot, and a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Even when like I'm sleeping, it just it, it's just going still. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, hey, is the interview over? Can I now share secrets about you from high school? Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! Yes, and, and that's yes, it. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> just mute real quick, uh, guys. As always, uh, you can go and check out uh, anything from Rod on RodKirby.com. Uh, and then Kirby Media Studios as well, uh, w- w- which is kind of like how you help like local people and stuff, mm-hmm. with, with, with like film and stuff, right? And everything. Yep. Yeah. We uh, we help them with uh, production as well as marketing services. So just helping them to really amplify their projects in the marketplace. Awesome. And then, do you have a date for the second part of the prayer, or is it just uh, next month at some time? It's going to be towards the end of December. Okay. But the edit is going well. I'm working on it right now and it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too. I can only imagine, man. I mean, like, I mean, like, but I mean, like, if you like, you know, editing, that, that's awesome. You know, you can come edit this if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, also, guys, uh, next week we're coming back with a special episode. It'll be all about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, that'll be like a session zero to teach you how to play the game and you'll get to know all the players going on and uh, how, how awful we are at the game. It's going to be whole bunch of fun i think hey it's all about having fun and it's right fun. it's all about murder hoboing yeah <laughs> and telling really fun stories uh there there will be two new players so that'll be a good gateway i think for everybody um who is looking to get into like you know the you know game and everything whatever so that's yeah. uh rot thank you so much for joining us yes, man thank you uh thank at you. some point if we ever hit like you know 10 followers man like you know uh <laughs> we can help you out somehow <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, bud. So, to those followers, though, please make sure you follow. Oh us. yeah, see, I see. This is why I'm bad. See, come on, man. See, like, I'm just promote yourself, man. I don't, I don't ever do any type of promotion. I'm just like, you know, you can <laughs> never find people us. following us. <laughs> I don't know how you even heard this, everybody. You <laughs> can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Into Geek and uh, or at Into Geek Podcast Podcasts. I can't say it right. I don't know. Andrew's rubbing off That's on true. me. It's my stutter. It's <laughs> and, everywhere. Uh, and uh, you can follow us. Into Geek on Twitter. Seamless. I know, right? It's so great. Right. <laughs> Rehearse that for hours. Th- all right, guys. Thank you so much. Until next time. See you. Bye.